Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Amen. Y'all ready for the word today? Say this to me. Say, we are Harvest. Say it again. Say, we are Harvest. As you're standing, lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. You don't have a Bible, lift a phone. Don't have a phone, lift a tablet. Don't have a tablet, uh, lift a notepad. Don't have a notepad, lift up your watch. And let your neighbor hold on to it for a little bit. No, I'm just saying. Amen. Just lift a hand if you don't have a Bible. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word, I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind remain standing. Go to one verse, Jeremiah chapter 3. Say, we are harvest. I want to, today's message is going to be a very pastoral message to strengthen our house. So I'm going to be very direct as I I minister to you today so we can be aligned for expansion. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Before before anybody uh, expands, you got to make sure everybody's got the plan. Somebody say, I got the plan. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 15. Listen to this. This is the word of the Lord to you. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Now, heart in Hebrew most often comes from the Hebrew word lab, L-A-B, which means mind, which means God says, I've got the right pastor in mind for you. Because shepherd here means pastor. Uh, uh, look at say, we got the right one, baby. Tell him. Uh huh. And I will give you shepherds or pastors according to what I think, which implies he cares less about what you think. Who's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding? We'll read it again. Jeremiah, the word of the Lord says, and I will give you shepherds or pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Stretch your hands towards me. Say, Bishop, Bishop. feed us us. with knowledge. And understanding. 
Father, in this moment, I decrease that you might increase. Father, I pray that you would open the spirits of your people to receive what you have ordained for us today. Father, we declare that this is a spiritual connection. This is something that transcends the natural. And so today, Father, as we prepare to expand, I pray that the house would be aligned with the shepherd and that we would walk in 100% total unity. I said that we would walk in 100% total unity. God, you have not called us to take sides, but you have called us to take over. And in this year of new beginnings, this our eighth year, Father, we declare that the best is yet to come. And we declare that we're just getting started because the beginning is new. And we celebrate you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do me a favor. High five two or three people as you take your seats. Tell them I love my church. I love my church. Sure do. Now, I'm, I'm going to reiterate this. Today's message is a very pastoral message to strengthen our house. Now, I want to tell you this, Harvest. I love my church. Okay. I'm going to say it one more again. I love my church. I'm going to say it a third time because maybe they need to hear Trace. I love my church. Does the church love its pastor? Amen. Now watch this. But, but, but since Harvest is people, that really means I love the people of Harvest. We don't go to Harvest. We are Harvest. Say we are Harvest. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, I am honored by what God has done for us and that he'd assigned me to be your pastor. And at the time of this message, we're going to start in first gear, then we're going to turn into second, and we'll get to fifth in just a few minutes. At the time of this message, a little over eight years, hear me, I sacrificed practically every dollar I had to plant our first campus. Now, listen to me. I don't say that for any glory for myself, but to say that harvest means a lot to me because the cost was great to me. Many people aspire to be great, but they don't want to pay the price for greatness. And the truth is, we don't often fully appreciate what costs us nothing. That's why some people can miss church as much as they do because their relationship with Jesus doesn't really cost them anything. Jesus is a hobby, not a lifestyle change. That's why sometimes you need the hell you go through in order to appreciate your relationship with him. I love my church. And because of that love, I want to ensure that three things are crystal clear from the pulpit to the pew, or in our case, the chairs. Number one, you're a sheep. Numero uno, you're a sheep. Now watch this. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 teaches us that God uses natural things in order to illustrate spiritual principles. Now the Bible uses agricultural imagery of a shepherd and a sheep to illustrate the relationship of Jesus and his church, a macro level, and, the, and, and a pastor in the congregation he leads. That's the micro level. Now watch this. Hear me, Harvest. Harvest is God's by ownership. It, he owns it. But watch this. It is mine by stewardship. He set me over it. But watch this. It is yours by membership. So now make it personal. Say, I love my church. Are you still here? Now, Psalm 103, you can flip there or they'll put it on the screens. It's a very pastoral message, so I don't know that we'll get a lot of runners. I'll shout you at the end. I'll, I'll attempt to, I'll endeavor to get you to run. But I want to make sure we're aligned because oftentimes in church, people don't get alignment. They just do stuff, but they don't know why they do it. Psalm 103, it says this, know that the Lord, he is God. Watch this. Watch this. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, let me pause for the cause right here. It says, uh, it is he that has made us and not uh, we ourselves. In other words, he's trying to get an understanding. Don't you for one second think that anything you have is yours. Bishop, what are you trying to say? God has entrusts you with the things that you have as a steward, which means he gives them to you to be a manager over, which means whatever God gives you, when you stand in front of him one day, he expects that whatever he gave you, he gets back in a greater capacity than he gave it to you. Husbands, God says, I want the wife I gave you back better than when I gave her to you, because if she's no better for being with you, why in the heaven is she with I want the car I gave you back better than when I originally gave it to you. I want the job I gave you back better because it's been given to you to steward over or to manage. So, in other words, God says, I want you to know that you didn't make yourself. I know you worked hard, but baby, if it was not for God's goodness and mercy and favor on your behalf, I don't care how much education you have. I don't care who you know. God says, you didn't do this by yourself. I woke you up this morning and started you on your way. I'm Touch your neighbor and say, he made me, he made me. It's God that's been keeping you your whole life. Even before you knew you needed a savior, God was saving you. Even before you knew you needed a way maker, he was making ways for you. God says, I've been with you since you came up out of your... Watch this. Watch this, watch this. While everyone is a sheep, not every sheep is the same because of one reason, attitude. This is a pastoral message. Attitude. Everybody say attitude. attitude. Now, listen, if they sit next to you, just look straight at me. Anybody know somebody with a bad attitude? If you sit, it's okay, just look at me. If you sit next to you, ain't gonna, don't tell on them. Don't stop. Tell me like. <sighs> you met somebody whose attitude is just the most odious of attitudes. They wake up stank. You met somebody like that? And if you've not met somebody like that, it could be because you're the one everybody else meets that's like that. So if you don't know nobody like that, I got a secret. You the one. You met somebody just had a bad attitude about it. You get them a free lunch. Well, they don't have this with it. You're like, wait a minute. Now, I didn't even have to pick you up no lunch. And you sitting here complaining about the fact that I didn't get you two barbecue sauces? You, be, you don't know nothing. You be, I, somebody said attitude. See, attitude is very important because watch this. Attitude means, by definition, a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something that is reflected in behavior. Say it again. Uh, it's a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something that's reflected in behavior. So your attitude is reflected in how you act. Got it? So your settled thinking or feeling is reflected in your behavior. Now watch this. Your attitude determines your altitude or how high you can go. So to improve where you are in life, you have to first improve your settled way of thinking or feeling. Many people want to aspire and to increase their altitude, but they never fix their attitude, which impedes their aptitude. I use a lot of words, so let me say it again. Uh, watch this, watch this. I cannot increase my altitude until I first deal with the issues of my attitude, which impedes my aptitude or my abilities. See, the reason some people don't succeed is not because they're not talented or gifted. It's just that their settled way of thinking sucks. Sucks is the Hebrew word for sucks, which is the Greek word for not that great. 
I'm being facetious. Okay. You ever met somebody? I, 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 I say this. I, I know people. I, I know people who, who I look sometimes like, wow, if I could do that like that and do that like that and do that like that, man, that'd be something. But, but the thing is, is, is for all the talent and all the gift and all the ability they have, because their settled way of thinking is poor, their altitude is poor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, check your attitude. All right, so now check this out. There are three sheep personality quirks, which means strange attitudes, as described by Pastor Frank DiMazio in his book, The Making of a Leader. Now, it's interesting. Remember, I told you the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he uses this imagery to where he says natural things illustrate spiritual principles. So in the scripture, we see a shepherd and sheep, which means a pastor and those that he leads. Got it? Now check this out. There are three sheep personality quirks or attitude uh, attitude disposition positions, got it, that are very strange, that appear in both natural sheep, but also spiritual sheep. Now, 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 here's what I need you to understand. I need you to get this. I need you to get this because we're getting ready to take a little journey over the next few minutes that if you see yourself, I don't want you to feel bad, condemned, or judged. I just want you to be like, okay, I'm going to give you a few sayings you can say, Okay few things you can say. So one, you can be like, God, uh. that is a Southern colloquialism, which means, wow, gee willikers, that is very astounding to me. The other thing you could say is that's cold blooded. Cold blooded is a Southern colloquialism, which can have dual meaning, which means something is either very great or something is very shocking at the moment that it comes forth. The third thing you could do is just stand up out of your seat and turn around. <laughs> And be like, I got to have an attitude correction. You got your three options? The first is? Okay, and you're not saying for all, I'm not losing the Lord's name in vain. Number one, God's not his name, just so you get an understanding. But we're saying God, dog, like G-A-W-D. God is a title, not his name. Got it? Okay. What's your second option? Cold-blooded. And what's your third option? But just do it, cause, cause so you, cause now I know some of y'all are like I didn't come to church to work out. Listen, baby, <laughs> don't fool yourself. You better get what the Lord's trying to give you. <laughs> All right, so there's three of them, all right? Now, I'm only going to hit a few of the highlights, a few of the highlights, because, because, because while every, uh, everyone is a sheep, not all sheep are the same. And so this is the reason why you can be sitting next to somebody who's receiving this word every week and they're seeing great results in their life, and then you can be sitting next to somebody who's receiving this word saying it doesn't work. It's not that it doesn't work, it's just that it's not working for you because of your strange sheep attitude. That's why the scripture says there are three levels of power. The first level of power is the name of Jesus. Can I teach you for a moment before I get into the strange sheep attitudes? The first level of power is the name of Jesus. And he has been given a name that is above every name. Which means the name of Jesus is more powerful than any name that can be named. That is the reason why everything has a name. That is the reason why the name Jesus is more powerful than cancer. Cancer is a name. Which means Jesus is more powerful than that name. You ought to shout about that. The name Jesus is more powerful than poverty. It's more powerful than lack. It's more powerful than generational curses. It's more. But watch this. The scripture says that he has exalted his word above his name. Now check this out. That means more powerful than his name is his word. Which means if I do what he says, I won't have to keep calling on his name because I'll be walking in the power of his name. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Which means I won't have to cry, Jesus, rescue me if I just walk out the word because the word will have me walking in the power of his name. 
But there's another level of power. It's the third, and it's the most powerful level of power. It is, watch this, your habits. The scripture says, and you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions, patterns, and habits. It's not that the word doesn't work. It's just that your traditions, patterns, and habits block the power of it. Now, for those of you who didn't need scripture reference, Psalm 138.2, uh, go back to Psalm 138.2, go that short term real quick for those who need the scripture reference. Go back to Psalm 138.2. There it is. Yes, there it is. Look, for you have magnified, you read it. Okay, so when I say you read, that means y'all speak. Ready? From for you have magnified. Ready? Read. Do you see this? His word's more powerful than his name. See, so maybe if you came up in church, you would call this call on the name of Jesus. That's good. But what you can do that'll keep you from having to call on the name to rescue you is just walk out what he told you to walk out. I don't need a miracle if I'm walking in the blessing. All right, but then it says, but then the third level of power says that your traditions, patterns, and habits make the word of God of no effect. We're going to throw that up for you real quick. Mark 7, 13, making the word of God of no effect. See, it's not that the word doesn't have power. It's just that your natural attitude can make it not work for you. Do you see this? So this is why you say, Bishop, I've been speaking the word. I've been speaking the word. I've been speaking the word. But you haven't dealt with your attitude. So you're trying to achieve an altitude adjustment without an attitude adjustment. All righty, then. Does your neighbor say the bishop is in the house? All right, so there's three, there's three strange sheep personality quirks or strange attitudes for sheep. And I want to go through the first one. The first one he calls solitary sheep. Solitary sheep. It is the solitary sheep attitude. Here's how that sheep acts. Now, remember, you understand who's a sheep? He, all right. Here's what this sheep does. They constantly stray away from the flock. They have cyclical attendance and participation. When they're going through something, they're at the church. They're not, they're at the mall. Watch this. Cyclical, cycles. End of the year, first of the year, hallelujah, Jesus is so great. About February 5th. Somebody leave them. They get a new boo. Oh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing? Do I have to? Okay. They going through some tough stuff? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bishop, pray for me. Hey, hey, hey. Roto, 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 Mr. Bishop. Get a new car? I ain't gonna be there to make it. They have cyclical attendance. It's in cycles. And here's the issue you expect results from what you're inconsistent to. So, Bishop, how do I change my attitude? Be consistent in what's correct. We, we all have a consistency problem, we have a consistency problem with what's correct. You can be consistent, but just be consistent at being average. God didn't call you to be average. He called you to be above average. So, so we got to be consistent in what's correct. Here's one of the other uh, uh, attributes about this solitary sheep. He says that this sheep suffers, has suffered deep emotional wounds that cause a lack of trust for other sheep and the shepherd. So because your last pastor took the money and went to Fiji. I don't know. 
Oh, God, I was going to say something. Oh, my God, but the Holy Ghost just restrained my tongue. Yes, he did. Oh, God, I was going to say something. Got it? So people who have been wounded, you know these people because they don't trust nobody. Not nobody. With nothing. Good morning. How are you? What's your name? Why do you need to know my name? What's your name? Don't come up in here with all that. Say your name. Say your name. Bishop, how do I change that attitude? Let it go. How long are you going to continue to let what people have done to you in your past continue to hurt you today? When you choose to hold on to that stuff, what you are doing is you are reliving the pain over and over and over and over again. Let it go. Just let it go. This isn't that unless you make it that. See, this is why people say, Bishop, I just need to move. Bishop, I just need to move. I just need to move. And here's what I often say to people like that. I say, I'm not saying that's not true because God created places before he created people. So when people get in the right places, the places produce what the people need. However, the problem is if you go, you're going. So you're going to turn that place into that place because you didn't change. You just changed locations. But if you don't change, you'll make a good location a bad place because it don't matter where you go to Miami, Boston, or L.A. If you still got the same jacked up attitude, it's going to be messy Boston, messy L.A. with now, I'm not saying that, that, that God didn't create places for people. He created places for he created people. But my point is, is that if you're gone, well, just make sure you, okay. All right, okay. Now, the, third, the third attribute that I'm going to give you about this sheep, the solitary sheep attitude. He says, this sheep looks for attention by separating themselves from the sheepfold to get attention from the shepherd or other sheep. This sheep disappears and says, well, is somebody going to call me? I ain't heard from nobody at the church. I mean, I just disappeared and didn't know about Bishop didn't even call me. Let me tell you something, witch. Now, some of y'all got offended. Let me fix your offense. Which means manipulator. Manipulation is a passive-aggressive behavior. But I've disappeared because I want somebody to call me. I, want, I need to know that I'm important. Baby, baby, you should have called me about four years ago when I cared. Manipulation is not a good attitude to have. And let me tell you, let me tell you, because some of us do it, and let's be honest. Now, this is going to be honest for all of us. This is going to be honest for all of us. Touch your neighbor and say, don't manipulate. Don't manipulate. Here, here, we sometimes, you sometimes do it with your friends. They'll call you two times, and you'll not answer, and you'll see it ringing, and you'll be like, because I really want to, I want to see if they really want to talk. So then you let it ring. Through. That's manipulation. That's witchcraft, the Bible calls that. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Uh, watch this. Yeah, I'm going to come in church and look sad. So some. Hey, good morning. Shalom. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Well, what's wrong? Nothing. But you really want somebody to ask you and keep asking you? Okay. That's manipulation. Preach, Bishop. Now, here's the truth. We've all done it. If we're honest, we've all done it. You've all... What, what, what's, okay. <laughs> we've all done that, right? 
Okay, so, so the way we do that is we have to cease manipulation. Okay? Don't separate yourself in an effort to try to get attention. There's hotlines we call for that. Okay, don't do that. Touch him say don't do that. And then here's what you'll do. You'll separate yourself, you'll separate yourself from people. People are like, I don't know what so-and-so is. I don't know what so-and-so do it. And, and, and then you'll be like, I really wish somebody would say something to me. I really wish somebody would recover. What, what? What? Leave the weird stuff. Not even out there. Just leave it. <laughs> here's the next sheep uh, that, that he described in his book, the hermit sheep. He called, this is what he calls it. I'm just using his terminology, the hermit sheep. I call it the hermit sheep attitude. Here it is. This sheep doesn't like to be told what to do. I'm a grown man. <laughs> now, some of y'all forgot your three responses. God dog, cold-blooded, a stand-up and turn around. Now, I know from personal experience, it should have been a lot more of y'all standing up and turning around or saying something. So I'm going to repeat the point to give you an opportunity to not lie in church. This sheep doesn't like to be told what to do. Thank you, Jesus. Just the saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Mitsubishi. <laughs> now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here's what I need you to understand. Here's what I need you to understand, y'all. Here's what I need you to understand. How do I change that attitude, Bishop? Well, well first, you got to get a real good, good understanding of this. You, you will never be a great leader if you can't be a great follower first. Never. Never. And, and, and let me tell you what you'll even try to do. You'll try to say, well, if they recognize my leadership potential, I would do something. But see, what you don't understand is, is your leadership potential will never be recognized because you can't first demonstrate your ability to follow. So why would I give a laser to a child? You don't give power to the immature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. So everybody, I'm a grown man. Ain't going to tell me what to do. How's that been working out for you? How's life? How are the first two wives? I told you this was a pastoral message. We'll shout in a minute. <laughs> right now, I just got to gotta pastor you, okay? Okay? So, so we all have this thing, that in and sometimes it rises up in us, right? Just like, anybody going to tell me what to do? I'm grown. We all have that. What you got to do is realize is that your ability to follow, watch this, God uses his ability to uh, see you follow is his ability to trust you with things. Because if, watch this, the scripture pr provides a very powerful principle. It says, if you cannot do something with what you can see, it's going to be very difficult for you to do something with what you cannot see. So in other words, if you can't follow leadership you can see, you are disingenuous to say you're going to follow God who you cannot see. See, this is why some church people, they'll use this tactic. Let me pray about it. Which is code talk for I'm disobedient, rebellious, and I want to blame it on God. So I just busted that up. So if you use that this week, you already know what you're dealing with. Let me pray. You don't have to pray about what God's already discern, uh, dis, uh, dis, uh, uh, made clear as his will. So he, he's made it clear that it's his will for you to follow leadership. So what are you praying about? <laughs> okay. Here's the next cork of this sheep, uh, 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 attribute of this sheep. This sheep avoids the shepherd or his appointees to avoid being corrected. 
And naturally, since they won't receive correction, the uncut wool, wool blinds their ability to see. The extra weight slows the sheep down, making it an easy target to predators. He goes on in his book, I don't have this, but I'll say this for He goes on in his book to say, this sheep has an uncanny way of knowing when correction is coming and avoids the shepherd or his appointees in order to avoid receiving correction. That's why I threw this one in on a Sunday. <laughs> Y'all didn't know what we were doing today. I thought it was bounce back. Nope, next week. Message. Message. <laughs> Bishop, how do I change that attitude? Here's what we got to understand. On your jobs, in your families, in every sphere of life, correction is protection. And when you run from correction, in, in, when a sheep, when a natural sheep runs from correction, it can't, it already is halfway blind. Literally, sheep don't see well. So now the wool grows and it blocks even the little vision it does have. So when you run from correction, you'll think you're going onto a mountaintop when you're really going into a ditch. And then you'll get mad. I see people get mad at God and mad at life. And I'm like, well, you don't listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Honey, listen, Linda. He put his little foot up in the YouTube video. Show my foot. Show my foot. Let me go back. He put his little foot up. He's like, listen, Linda, honey. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? YouTube, listen, Linda, and you'll see it. <laughs> Just never say, listen, Linda. <laughs> stop avoiding correction. On your job, stop avoiding correction. In family, stop avoiding correction. If you're uncorrected, you're unprotected. Amen. All right, all right. Uh, here, here, here's the third uh, quirk of this sheep. He says, this sheep wants all the benefits of the church without any investment in the church. You know what I discovered uh, in, in, in the years and years I've been doing this? Is that people with 0% investment often have 100% of the complaints. The non-tithers normally have a lot of complaining to do. <laughs> The non-servers sometimes have complaining to do. The non-participators sometimes have, have, have complaining to do. So, so in, his, in his book, the pastor says this. The pastor says that this person wants all the benefit without any investment. So check this out, guys. How do we change that attitude? Be a contributor, not just a consumer. And I challenge you to do that in every area of your life. Start being a contributor. And, and here's what we sometimes do. We sometimes say, well, if so-and-so do this, then I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Like, let me give you an example. You'll say, if so-and-so is nice to me, I'm going to be nice to them. Right? If somebody's kind to me, I'll be kind to them. If somebody respects me, I'll respect them. Here's the problem. You don't understand a very basic Christian principle, so let me teach it to you. You reap what you sow, which means often I have to sow it before I'm even in a position to reap it, which means I got to be a contributor, not just a consumer, got it because i'm sowing into somebody contributing into me that's how the scripture says in ephesians knowing this that whatever man makes for happen for another the lord makes happen for him which means what i make happen for harvest god makes happen for me what i make happen for another god makes happen for me so i can't want the benefits and then put nothing in the account 
It's sure is quiet in here. Nobody would go to a bank account and expect to get some money out you didn't put in there. But yet sometimes people do that with the church. I'm going to need this. 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 I'm going to need you to be on time. Let's start there. I'm going to need you to take care of you. Let's start there. Amen. Here's the third sheep. Here's the third sheep. Here's the third sheep. The third sheep. There's a personality quirk or strange attitude. Got it? Remember, attitude determines our what? Altitude. How high we can go is predicated upon how our behavior reflects our settled way of thinking or feeling. So here's the third one he describes as a strange sheep attitude. It's called the wandering sheep. So we've got the hermit, we've got the solitary, now we've got the wanderer. Here's what he says about the wanderer. He says, the wanderer thinks the grass is greener somewhere else and looks for ways out and usually finds an opening in the fence, a hole in the ground, or a fence that's left open. Here's what the wandering sheep does. They look for something wrong and a reason to be offended. See, we forgot our three sayings. God, dog. That's cold-blooded. I stand up and turn around. This sheep looks for a way out. And it looks for a reason to be offended or it looks for something wrong. The music is too loud. Why he say that? Well, why they do that? Well, why they got to do that? Well, why this? Well, why that? Well, at my last church, baby. Let's have a basic lesson. This ain't that. And if that was so all of that, you'd still be there. So I, I don't want to hear that. I'm pastoring you now. Now, so this sheep looks for a way out. They look for a reason to be offended. You ever met somebody that looked for a reason to be offended? They just look for something wrong. Just look for something wrong. But I don't understand this. I understand this. I understand this. You'd be amazed. There's a lot of things you probably don't understand. Just get some lessons. You follow? Uh, 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 I, they, they were telling me that uh, my car, they were saying it was doing something different. And, and I was saying, well, y'all need to go in there and look at this and look at this and look at this. Because I know enough to know that it needs to be something. Y'all need to do something with it. And they were saying, they were saying well, no. They were saying it's, it's probably the chip in your key. I said, well, I guess you're going to learn me today, huh? What do you mean the chip in my key? What does that have to do with that? Here's the point. What I thought was the issue was really not the issue. Y'all are missing what I'm saying. So just because it's something you don't know doesn't mean it's not right. It just means you don't know it yet. So get the lesson. So, so watch this. If you're looking for something wrong, you'll find it. If you're looking for a reason to be offended, you'll find it. Bishop, how do I change that attitude? Whatever. You should share that with someone who cares. I learned a long time ago not to spend time trying to please the unpleasable and trying to fix those that don't want to be fixed. They want to find something wrong. So if you're unreasonable, okay. How do I fix that attitude? Whatever. Okay. Next quirk <laughs> or attribute rather this wandering sheep. He says this sheep never fully commits. But watch this. There's a caveat. He says, this sheep often looks like it's all in, but its actions demonstrate other, otherwise. So, 
okay? Here's one of the things that's so unique, and I've said this before, and I'll share it again. Uh, loyalty is a big deal for me. Anybody else like that? Listen, I don't like people who call themselves my friend, and I only talk to them once a quarter. We ain't friends. We talk on the phone occasionally. Let's just call it what it is. Because when I, when I have friends, other men of God that are my friends, listen, we got to talk at, at least a few times a week. If it ain't nothing to say, but what you doing? I, I'm just doing that. Oh, okay. All right. So y'all don't do that in Denver? I know. I know. It's different here. I get it. But where I'm from, loyalty is a big thing. Where I'm from, loyalty is everything. Where I'm from, you ain't with, we ain't with me on no Monday and then ain't sure on no Wednesday. Where I'm from, it's all in. But now watch this. The, the quirk he describes about this sheep is this sheep looks like it's fully committed, but, but, but it's not really all the way in because it always in the back of its mind has an exit strategy. And it's difficult to be fully committed to what you have an extra strategy for. So, Bishop, how do I change this attitude? Be committed. Now, he said, Bishop, how do I be committed? Well, sometimes you got to do it in, until your mind catches up with it. As a man thinks in his heart, mind, so is he. Watch it. As a man is, so are his thoughts. Which means what I am, my mind will eventually agree with. As a man is, so are his thoughts. As, uh, uh, the thoughts of a man becomes his thoughts. So, uh, uh, so watch this. If commitment's not your MO, your modus operandi, start acting like you are committed, and eventually your thoughts will catch up to the level of commitment that your actions have planted. Does this make sense? Okay, all right, all right, all right. And the last uh, attribute about this particular sheep, he says that this sheep can breed discontentment among the other sheep. And what he says is, is this sheep likes to say, why this and why that and why that? But to people that don't have answers. <laughs> you know, somebody like that on your job, they, they, why we got to do this? Why we gotta, you're like, we're going to talk to the boss. But no, I don't want to say nothing to them. But like, why are you asking me? We both have the same job. You know what I'm saying? All right, so how do you change that attitude? Real simple. It's, it's, it's a four-letter uh, Greek word. Hush. I'm joking. It's not a Greek word. Listen, our tendency as human beings to, to want to complain, sometimes we do it so often we don't even know that we're complaining. And so sometimes you got to pray and ask the Lord and say, Lord, uh, give me the grace to realize when it's time for me to be quiet. I found out that one of the most important things is not knowing when to speak, it's knowing when not to. Because everything doesn't deserve treatment. <laughs> Bishop, what are you saying? Some of you get stressed out because you feel like you got to respond to every single thing that somebody this and that and this and that. Sometimes it doesn't even deserve treatment. Sometimes just, oh, okay. Well, so-and-so was saying you did this and did this and did that. Oh, okay. Everything doesn't deserve treatment. It's quiet in the church. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. So point number one was you're a sheep. Now, if you've got one of those strange attitudes that Pastor Demazio describes, I just gave you a strategy to change those things. Because watch this, while every person is a sheep, not every sheep is the same, which means, watch this, for us all to move forward in what God has ordained for us, we all have to adapt the same attitude and same mindset. But to adapt the right one, sometimes you have to be shown where you're in error. Amen. All right, now, here's the second point of the message, and we'll go into third gear here. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Yes, you too. 
especially those of you who think, oh, I just, me and the Lord, me and the Lord. You, you talk to Jesus so much. I, all that talking to Jesus you do, I, when is it going to show up in your fruit? And I'm not saying you don't talk to Jesus. I'm just saying, when is it going to show up in your fruit? You have met people that every time, they, every time you talk to them, they talk about, and, you, and sometimes you talk to them and you feel like, man, I wish I had a relationship with God like that. The truth is, I need to let you in on a secret. Peep game, let me let you in on a secret. A lot of times, that's just words. They'd be like, and me and the Lord, the Lord was just talking to me. The way you describe him, he's a gossip. When God speaks, the scripture says he shakes heaven and earth, which means if God's speaking, God, if he's doing it himself, that means it's a big, big deal. You don't see in the scripture where God wasted his words with idle conversation. Bishop, what are you trying to say? I'm just saying it's important to understand we all need a shepherd. Touch your neighbor and say, you need a shepherd. Now, here it is. Jesus is the great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 says, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting co uh, covenant. Uh, so say Jesus. Jesus. Say it with me. See, I'll say Jesus, Jesus is the great shepherd. All right, but now watch this. He gives every sheep a human shepherd. Numbers 27, 16 and verse 17. Here's what it says. The word of the Lord reads. <laughs> Numbers 27, 16 says this. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who can go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like a sheep which have no shepherd. Let's look at verse 16 there once again. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, you read the next part. Read the next part. Put, uh, read the next part. I was like, why y'all let reading? It wasn't up. Okay. That's all right. We're working on our relationship together. Amen. Numbers 27, 16. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Okay, cool. I'm the man set over the congregation. But now look, look at verse 17. Look, look, look to do what? Who can go out before them and go in before them. Now, if, 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 if y'all act like y'all want to hear the word, I can help you here. Whenever God elevates the man set over the house... That is because the scripture says the man has to go in before them. So don't you ever look at your man of God and say, well, why this and why this and why that? No, you should say, thank you, Jesus. God's doing great things because since I'm the shepherd, or the sheep set up under the shepherd, that means he's going in before me. But if he's going in before me, that means I'm next. Don't you dare look at your man of God and say something negative. Why? Because God's leading me before you so I can take you where we're going. Who can go out before them and go in before them. Who may lead them out. Out of what? Out of Egypt. Out of generational curses. Out of poverty. Out of bondage. Out of depression. Out of sickness. Out of disease. That the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. So my job is to go before you. So that all you got to do is say, follow me. 
Oh, I feel it right here. That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 4, he told the, uh, he told the uh, church of Corinth, he said to them, now you follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, he said, I already went before you. So all you got to do is just catch on and just follow where we're going. No, you don't worship a man. No, you don't worship a bishop. But no, I follow the man and I follow the bishop because God set him up. Now watch this. Sheep connect. Sheep connect. There it is. 1 Corinthians 11. 1. Throw that one up. Look what he says. I love, his, I love his language. He says, look what Paul says. Imitate me. He didn't say imitate Jesus. He says, do what I do and I'll do what he does. And together we're doing what we're all supposed to do. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so this is very, very important. This is very, very important. Because, because one of the things that I've discovered about today's culture is the enemy likes to have division between the pulpit and the pew, or in our case, the chair. So, so I need you to understand that what God has done here, this is a spiritual connection. Okay, so can I teach you some further? All right, sheep connect with or know the voice of their shepherd. It's a spiritual connection that can't always be articulated. See, see, watch this. You may say, well, he's real or he's easy to understand or I'm going more than I ever have, which is just your natural attempt to articulate what's been connected in the spirit. You may think, well, I go there because I like the kids ministry. No, you don't. You come here because God is good. That's your natural way to try to articulate a spiritual connection. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? See, you were created for me and I was created for you. Bishop, what are you trying to say? When uh, Mary got into the room with her relative Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist, the scripture says Mary is pregnant with Jesus and Elizabeth was praying with John the Baptist. Now, the Bible says that John the Baptist was to come before Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus. So when they both got in the same room, all of a sudden the baby started you're not hearing what I'm saying. So the spiritual connection God creates between a sheep and a shepherd is that your baby starts to jump. Listen, what's my baby? Your hope for your future starts to jump. Your hope for what your life can be starts to jump. Your vision for your life begins to expand. All of a sudden you realize I'm not crazy. I'm not mad. I knew I was created to do more. And that man got up there and told me that. So, so watch this. So watch this. Watch this, watch this. You don't have to look like me. You don't have to articulate things the way I do. Nor share the same pedigree as I do for me to be your shepherd. When your shepherd is preaching, it seems like your shepherd knows all your business. Business is southern slang for business. Watch this. Sheep can't get what they need for life from any other source but their shepherd. And I am not your shepherd because of perfection. I am because of calling. Amen. So, let me make the declaration. Harvest, I'm your shepherd. Amen. Amen. Somebody, you were praying. I'm not sure. Answer. You weren't sure because you weren't taught. So it's very difficult to be sure about what you don't know. This is why people fear the unknown. This is why the enemy to advancement is a lack of knowledge. Sipsa says, God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not even a lack of faith, which is interesting. Because it says without faith it's impossible to please him. But he said they don't lack faith. What they lack is knowledge. 
Got it? So that brings me to my third and final point, and then I think I'll get ready to close. <laughs> I told you this is a pastoral message, so if this is your first time and all that, you're like, man, you know, that's cool. Just you'll be here next week and all that, but you need to hear this today. I need to pastor us today, all right? Uh, uh, point number three, I'm your shepherd, so be a good sheep. I'm your shepherd, so be a good sheep. Not a hermit, not a wanderer, and not solitary. According to Pastor Damasio, those are weird sheep attitudes. Quirks. Quirk means slanted. Mm -mm. I'm your shepherd, so be a good sheep. Now watch this, Jeremiah 3.15, we already looked at it. And I will give you shepherds or pastors. According to my mind, check this out. God is so awesome that before the foundations of the earth, when he sent you here to be born for such a time as this, he sent me here to be born for such a time as this because he would know that what he's deposited in me, you would need to do what he's called you to do. God says, you were on my mind and I created a shepherd that would be just for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this is God speaking. He says, and I will give you shepherds according to my mind. In other words, what I think is best for you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Which means that's why pedigree, background, race, ethnicity, all the, any attributes you can name. None of that matters because God says that's not what's on my mind. Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, here's what's important. You can have knowledge but lack understanding, which means you can't apply the knowledge that you have. You met somebody that knew a lot of scriptures, but they had a little fruit? And they'd be up, they'd be, they at work trying to preach to you after they asked you for $5. And they said, well, the word of God records in Genesis chapter 1 and 1. <laughs> Like, that's a good one. You knew that, but that's good. Where maps at? Where maps at? Where maps at? <laughs> because you can have knowledge but lack understanding. Understanding is the ability to know how to implement the knowledge that you have. So you can have notebooks full of notes, but if you don't have understanding, all you have is notes. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right, so now look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Now let me just say this. If I'm not your shepherd, go find him and serve his vision. But since I am... Serve this vision. How to work a job here. Now, watch this. Watch this. The word shepherd in Hebrew, we're going in the third gear. We're right about there. Third gear. Uh, the word shepherd in Hebrew is the word pakad. Now, I've taught you this four million times, so here's the four million in first. It means to oversee. <laughs> To oversee. Got it? It means to deposit into. So when you come to church, you're not coming just to release your burdens and release your issues. Watch this. You're also coming to get a deposit. But now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. But if I miss the opportunity to release, I won't have room to receive the deposit. 
Bishop, what are you trying to say? It is during the praise and the worship that you are releasing your burdens to God. You're releasing your fears. You're releasing your insecurities so that when I mount this table, when I mount this pulpit, now you're open to receive the deposit that God has ordained for you. But if you keep showing up to church late to get up here when I get up here to preach, you're not going to have room to receive the deposit because you didn't make the exchange. Are y'all here? So it means to oversee, to oversee, to oversee. It, uh, it means to deposit into. It means to correct. That's my job. That's what the word pastor means. And I will give you someone that will oversee you, deposit into you, and correct you. That's what he says. And I will give you. When he says shepherds here, he's saying, I will give you someone to oversee you, someone to deposit into you, and someone to correct you. That's my job. Now, watch this. We talked about the quirky sheep attitudes, but we didn't talk about good sheep. So let's talk about all of y'all, the good sheep. Where the good sheep at? That's all the good sheep got. It's only, it's only a hundred good sheep. I thought I got more good sheep than that. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You know, I was created to do this. And I'm not saying that from pretension. Literally, my name says I was created to do this. I, I, did, the, I did the history. Uh, my, my first name comes from a gentleman who was, who was sainted, and, and he, he, he literally went to, it was somewhere in Ireland, and he literally evangelized this entire region in Ireland, and he became known as a great saint. They sainted him for it. And my first name also means, this is just what it means. Don't start nothing with me. It just means good looking. <laughs> I can't help what the Lord has done. Bless it. Hey, thank you, Jesus. What do you do with y'all? What do you do? That's just what it means. I'm not being pretentious. I'm going to say it. So, so the, the history of my name is a man that transformed the country. All right, let me talk over here. Let me talk over here. The history of my name is a man that transformed the country, but he didn't do it by himself. He had an army full of. But then my last name means overseer. <laughs> so I was literally created. All right, come on, your neighbor. Listen, wipe all of that foolishness off your face. I literally, my name means that. See, see parents, this is why it's important to know what your children's name are. Don't be naming them after stuff you don't know what it means. A pastor friend of mine, uh, his, his son had a, had, a, he, uh, uh, had a daughter yesterday, and he sent me the picture. And I said, oh, that's blessed. That's wonderful. I said, what, what's the name? He sent me the name. I looked at the name. I said, is this baby a Muslim? <laughs> I said, I thought y'all was a Christian family. What, what does this name mean? It, 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 the point. He just spelled it wrong, but now I got the right spelling. I said, oh, that's the Christian spelling. Put some Y's in there. Make it Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm going to have to come down there and pull rank and just change the name. <laughs> now, 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 here's the point. It's important that you know the names that you're naming because every time you speak your name, you are declaring your future. So, parents, don't be naming your kids stuff that you're not quite sure what it means and these compound names that you got from the UrbanDictionary.com. 
Because every time you speak their name, it's making a difference. Can I preach to you for 20 seconds? Because this is a pastoral message, so it's not a lot of preaching. It's a lot of teaching. But can I preach to you for a minute? That is why whenever God got to do something great with men, he changed their name first. Okay, preach it, Bishop. Abram became Abraham after God said, I don't just want you to be Abram. I want you to have a covenant with me. So the significance of the H in English, the J in Hebrew, is that he was Abram in covenant with Yahweh. Y'all not hearing me. So his name went from Abram to Abraham so that every time Sarah said, come here, Abraham, she was reminding God of the promise that God made to him. And she was speaking into his future. Come here, Joshua. Moses changed his name from God can save to God has saved. He took Jacob, who was a shyster, and said, from this day forward, you'll be known as Israel. So names are important to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I've talked to this for years. I haven't said it in a long time. I encourage you to go see what your name means. Look it up and see what it means in Hebrew. And just see what it means. Okay? And see what your name means. Because every time somebody calls you, that's what they're saying. Genesis 35.10. There it is. They own it. There it is. There it is. And God said to him, you shall no longer be called the heel grabber. You shall no longer be called the supplanter. Tell the name that God's changed your name. Mm-hmm. You know why I changed his name? Because name implies identity. So I cannot fix a thing's destination until I first fix the thing's identity. Because when I change identity, the destination autocorrects. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? You ever been on your car? You ever been in your car? I, I use navigation just for about everywhere I go because, you know, as long as I've been here, I'd still, you know, there's like five streets I know. And that's just the way it is, and that's just the way, it's, that's just the way it is right now, okay? Now you pray for me. Now, I just know five streets, and people say, but well, just go west. On t- I don't know nothing about all of that. Is that next to the Popeyes? What are you? <laughs> go four blocks west. and uh, Listen. What, is that is Starbucks over there or what? Is it across from the mall? Is it across from the mall? But now watch this. Watch this. When I put in the correct street identification, even when I make a wrong turn, y'all not hearing what I'm saying? When the right street identification is on there, even when I go the wrong direction, she's got a way of auto-correcting, make a U-turn. She's got a way of getting me back on target even when I take the wrong road. I got an announcement for somebody. Maybe you took some detours. Maybe you took some wrong roads. But God says, since you know who you are, your your destination is going to auto-correct. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm just on time. I'm just on time. Baby, I'm not late. I didn't miss the show. I didn't miss the breakthrough. I'm right on time for it because she auto-corrected me. So watch this. Watch this. Now, we, we, we talk about those quirky sheep attitudes, but we talk about the good sheep. Y'all are good sheep. Watch this. The primary trait of a good sheep is that they follow the voice, which is the leadership of their shepherd. Over 50 years ago, at President John F. Kennedy's inauguration, he said a line that changed America. And, and I saw a movie yesterday that explained what happened to JFK. The X-Men said that it, what happened... <laughs> No, see, no, I'm trying to tell you what happened. I'm trying to give y'all a history lesson. So the, so, so the X-Men said what happened was is that <laughs> Magneto was trying to save him, 
and the bullet had curved. Now, y'all need to get your history right now. Come on. You DPS students, come on, get your history right now. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm being funny. Can't be funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, be quiet for me. Yes, sir. Okay. Over 50 years ago, he said a line that changed America. You know what the line is? Let's just see if you know it. You say what you think it is. That sounds like tongues. Can y'all talk to me in English? One, two, ready, say it. Pretty much that's what he said. He said, don't be asking us what we can do for you. You ask us what you can do for us. Give or take a few words. Now watch this. I want to change it today. Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do for your church. So because you're a good sheep, ask me. Say, Bishop, Bishop. what can we do do for harvest, for for Jesus? So here it is. Our vision is to launch one new campus every year, wherever he leads us. But to do that, we need every good sheep to get in line with the shepherd. Now, you just learned you're a sheep and I'm your shepherd. So let's settle all of that. Let's move past all of that. Let's move past elementary things so we can move forward. this. God's way of changing the world is through the church. It is the perfect, imperfect solution. Because the church is people, so since the church is people, the church is imperfect. But it is the perfect solution to change the world. So it is the perfect, imperfect solution. You keep thinking it's in your perfection that makes you usable. It is in your imperfections that make you usable because now you have a testimony. And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, which means the reason I can tell you he's good is because even when I was bad, he's still good. The reason I can tell you is that he has unconditional love is because even when I conditioned my own love, he still had unconditional love for me. So it is in my imperfections that I discover the perfection of the divinity that we serve. So watch now. So watch now. Uh, in a documentary, I often show when training leaders about something awesome that God's done for a church on the East Coast. In, in the Bible Belt, uh, the pastor's mother says this line. It's a powerful line. She says, it wasn't a question of if he was going to change the world. She said the question was who was going to do it with him. Harvest, we're called to change the world. Starting with each community surrounding each campus. Watch this. And I want to invite you to not just sit on your blessed assurance, but to do it with me. I know for what reason I have been sent. So I'm inviting you to do it with me. I'm inviting you to do it with us. Bishop, who's the us? The dream team. I'm inviting you because I'm changing the world. Small has to let us go. Being confined to one city has to let us go. So I'm inviting you to do it with me. I know for exactly what reason I've been put here. So I'm inviting you to do it with me. I'm inviting you to do it with us. Now, now, now watch this. Specifically, I want to give you some specifics because that sounds real good. Shouting rah, rah, rah. But let me give you some specifics. Okay, good sheep? Yeah. All right, y'all ready, good sheep? Yeah. I got nine specifics. <laughs> now, these aren't full points. These are specifics that I, that I want to ask of you, okay? Amen, everybody. And let me be real clear about my intentions. My intentions are this. For years coming up in the church, I said, with all these people and all this money and all this stuff we're doing, I said, why are there still all these problems that we could fix? In the scripture, the church was self-sufficient. 
In the book of Acts, the scripture said that no one among them lacked anything. And they had favor with God and with all men. But that's because the church was in alignment with the leadership. So because the church got in alignment with the leadership, the church, there was nothing that the church could not do. Do you hear what I'm saying? Could you imagine being the church that says to the single mothers in a shelter, you have a home. Could you imagine being the church to where the government comes to us? Now, they come to us for a lot now. But, but where the government comes to us and says, we need y'all to take care of this problem because y'all seem to be the only ones that can get stuff fixed around here. Could you imagine a church where it's bigger than just you getting your blessing and you getting your deliverance and you getting your... You'll get yours if you give them theirs. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You'll get yours if you give them theirs. I've learned the best way for me to get healed is to help heal somebody else. The best way for me to get over my pain is to help somebody get over theirs. That's why I love interacting with people. That's why I love people because I discovered that sometimes the healing I need has to come through helping somebody else get theirs. You ought to high five your neighbor and say, help me get mine. Help me get mine. You feeling discouraged? Encourage somebody else and watch you get yours. You feeling like your money is funny as your change is strange? Take $2 and give it to somebody that didn't have that and watch the Lord come in and provide you such a... So watch this. So watch this. So watch this. I got nine things. Real quick, real quick, nine things. Number one, buy one, give one. What does that mean? Anything you buy in that bookstore and cafe, get two. Bishop, why? To give one to somebody else. If you get a CD, get two to give someone to someone else. You get a book, get two to give someone to someone else. Why? We've got to sow seed. God dealt me a unique hand in Denver because not only, you know, there's, if we, you, let me tell you something. Uh, if, if we had started in the Bible Belt, let me tell you something. We'd have 25,000 people right now. I wouldn't even have to halfway be good. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, I, would, I just, amen. Point number one, Jesus is love. Wow. Point number two, Jesus loves you. And point number three, everybody clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. People tear the church up. He preaching. He ain't said nothing. <laughs> what is it? Okay. The hand we were dealt here is that not only did we have to go fishing in the pond, we had to create the pond. Then put the fish in the pond. Then catch the fish out the pond. But he told me, son, if you can do it there. So buy one, give one anything. Just give, just give it away. Be a giver. Just give it away. That's $5. Okay, come on. It's five bucks or whatever it is. Buy one, give one. You, if you get you a V, give somebody else a V. Let me tell you, I was with somebody yesterday. We were, we were taking care of some business, and, and they asked, they said, uh, what's that, in, in, uh, that emblem on, on your, on your, on your, that you're wearing? And then it was a great opportunity for this individual to then share, oh, this is our church, and this is this, and this is this, and this is that. And the fellow went, he went, wrote the website down, did all that. He's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. He's probably watching right now. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? All right, number two, invite anybody and everybody. Now, I'm not talking about calling your friends as deacons at somebody else's church and saying, come over here. Listen, that ain't what I'm talking about. Okay. We're not, I'm not just trying to swap sheep and recycle saints. Now, we love everybody, so let me be very clear. We'll take everybody. We took you. 
Monica before you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, we sure took you, didn't it? Didn't we do it? So don't get all judgmental and high on your horse now because you live in halfway. We took you and he took me. He took us. Didn't he take us off? Didn't we get to come to him just as we were? But aren't you glad we serve a Jesus that we come just as we are, but we won't stay just as we are. So invite anybody and everybody. Next week here at Aurora, we're expanding the two worship experiences. Invite everybody and anybody. Even the folks you think, but they probably ain't going to come. You know why they won't? Because you won't tell them. Invite anybody and everybody. Uh, and I believe Tom Rain is the author's name in his book, The Church, the Unchurched Next Door. He says 82% of people who come to church if they're just invited. Now I have to adjust for the Denver region. So more than 50% of people who come, you just invite them. Got it? Th- third thing I need for my good sheep. Y'all are good sheep, right? If you're on social media, don't copy and paste the stuff and repost it on your own as if you're the originator of the post. Just share it. It's amazing. You won't even share a Facebook post. Share the Facebook post. Share the tweet. Tweet. Tweet, tweet. Who got the keys to the Jeep? Okay, watch this. Just share it. Doesn't ever say share it. Okay, number four. How many people have the Harvest app? Just wave at me. You have the Harvest app, the mobile app. Okay, good. Would the rest of you please get it, good Jeep? Get the Harvest app. Bishop, why? The app is full of life-giving messages. The 24-7 network's on there. You can get the word 24 hours a day, seven days a week. there's, There's a podcast. The blog is on there. The audio Bible's on there. You can give on there. You, uh, you can do everything with that app. You can come to Jesus on the app. Your life can turn around from a free app. And it's on our website. You can get it for every device. Every device they make, we have. Even for jitterbugs, we have the HTML5 app. So if your phone is like one of them phones where you still flip it and you have to text, you can't just, you have to do, 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 five, 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 five. If you still got to do that, that's fine. The app will work on your phone too, I'm told. Amen. Number five, uh, 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 subscribe to our text messages. See, I told you this is a pastoral message. I'm going to shout. Number nine is a shouter. <laughs> okay? How many people you subscribe to the Harvest, you text Harvest to 59769? Okay. The rest of you text Harvest to 59769. It's amazing. Somebody sent me a story the other day about how a gentleman how was going through some illness and some sickness. And he had told him to subscribe, get the text. And uh, he was t- sharing with him how um, uh, every day he get, every time he gets the text, he was like, wow, the text at the church sitting down, everything I need to hear right when I need to hear it. And, and many people have said that. So for the rest of you that don't have it, you're missing out. So text the word. I don't want to be getting texted all day. You know what? That's funny because let me tell you something. I told you to text the word harvest to 59769. It's fine. Even if you have to pay for text messaging because we don't send more than three a week. Maybe four. And that's to help you. I mean, you're sitting up saying, Lord, where are you? Where are you? He could be on your phone. If you text Harvest to 59769. Amen. Okay, good. <laughs> Number six, uh, attend the midweek worship experience. Let me tell you something about Wednesdays, because Wednesdays uh, uh, for Aurora, uh, the, the, the midweek experience, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because thirsty folk come on Wednesdays. 
it puts a whole nother draw on the anointing. How many people from this Wednesday alone, you could testify, didn't It's on the job. So I says, so I says, I want to encourage you. Listen, unless you're at work, be at church during the midweek experience. But basically, that's a lot. You know, it's amazing. You want God to change your life from two hours a week? Why don't you give him four so he can give you some more? <laughs> okay, so if you can be here for the midweek worship experience, be here. If you can't be here, you can, you can uh, watch it on your phone. Here's a great thing. You don't have to be looking at your phone to watch it. If you're driving home from work or something and you can't get here, you can put it on, put it in your passenger seat. Don't be looking, but just put it over there and you can listen to it. You hear what I'm saying? So, so if you can be for the midweek experience, I encourage you to be here. Because think of it this way. Nobody would try to do their complete commute, got it, on an insufficient amount of gas. And the people that do, they, let me tell you something. You, you ever tried to do that? You ever played the gas game? And don't you know life is so stressful when you play the gas game? I'm going to do it in the morning. I'm going to do it in the morning. You go out there in the morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. You got to fast and pray and speak in tongues and all kind of stuff just to get together. Lord, please. Lord, please. Lord, if you just do this for me one time, I'll give you my whole life. Uh, withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Here I am to worship. I love you, Jesus. You start worshiping, trying to get your car going. Put the gas in the car. When... Don't play the gas game. So, but you do that with life when you try to go for a whole week with one message. This message is going to get you, you remember about 30%. So, if you use 3% a day, you're empty by Wednesday. Or 10% a day, right? You're going to remember 30%, use 10% a day. By Wednesday, you're going to be empty. So, you need to come get refilled. But to get refilled, you got to be here. So, so, unless you're at work, I encourage you to be at church because you're a good sheep. Number seven, uh, I'm almost done. Number seven, I told you this is a pastoral message. Amen. We'll see how the bookstore sells this one. Number seven, uh, let me clean this up. Yes, Lord. Strive to be on time. But watch this. But don't let late keep you from coming. Because sometimes you just have to learn. Sometimes you can just be, listen, I understand that. I remember one point in life, I, I, I made a confession, just a horrible confession about being late. And, and it just, it just I, I could leave four trillion hours early and still find a way to not do that. And then I got self-disciplined. I got disciplined with myself. And then I, I eliminated lateness as an option. But if you're still working out your salvation as it pertains to your timeliness, don't use it as a reason. Well, I know I was going to be 10 minutes late, so I didn't even go. That's a dumb reason to not come. If you're going to be late, come on in and, and, and listen. And just so y'all know, because some of y'all come from different churches and different things, and you, you don't have to do this here. <laughs> Everybody know you late when you do this. <laughs> so, oh, don't y'all look at me like y'all don't know. I'll be seeing you. I'll be like, I wouldn't have even noticed if you had not. Excuse me. Excuse me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> just get up. Act like you're coming from the bathroom. <laughs> Leave your purse, ladies, in the car and just walk in like, praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> Well, nobody know nothing. And this is harvest. You're not going to be judged here. So if you're going to be late, don't use that as a reason not to come. But I want to challenge you to start being on time. What if I preached at the beginning and then, at the, then you'd be like, what happened? What they doing? Why they just singing? Why they just singing? Why, what's going on? Well, I, I flipped the script. 
Ain't nothing in the Bible say I got to preach at that particular time. Matter of fact, got an idea. Okay, N number eight, number eight, number eight, number eight. Uh, begin to advance in our simple process. For Begin to advance in our simple process. Well, Bishop, what are you talking about? Our process of getting involved at Harvest and your process of you becoming a stronger Christian are one and the same. There's three simple steps. You know the name of them. Love God. Love people. Love God. So our whole approach was to make what can sometimes be very complicated for people simple and easy. So our whole approach was this, is let's make it simple so that people can do it because people will not do what they perceive to be complicated. So let's simplify what is divine so that people can move in it. Got it? So for some of you, that means your next step is to take KOU. We had a fresh class start today. If you missed it, you can take it online now. It's already up on the website. You can take it online. You can finish all KOU today if you want to. It's online. It's already there. Didn't we do it? So you can take it online because you say, you know what? I Getting up that extra early, uh, that, uh, that extra hour before church, that's just a little rough for me. Good. Take it online. You can take it online anytime. Amen. So you can do that. KLU, Kingdom Life University. For some of you, the next step is you've taken KLU, you, you should serve. Serving is a privilege, not a right. Amen. Uh, so, so, but, but, but just check it out. Matter of fact, they'll throw the graphic up. Y'all can go ahead and throw it up real quick just so that people can see it. They're going to announce it in the announcements, but just so you can see it, they'll get involved with them. See, it tells you on the flip side, it has the, the, the three simple steps to get involved. It has all that information there. Very good. It has all that information there. Take the next step. Touch your neighbor and say, take the next step. Okay, because you're a good sheep. All right. Okay. Now, all right. Here's number nine. I promise you I'd shout you. Uh, Bishop, why are we doing all this? Because, Harvest, we're an army. We're not a church that's interested in having church. We want to be the church in a tangible way. We're an army to harvest. And my invitation to those that are not yet enlisted, enlist. Because I got news for you. You can either do it voluntarily or life will make you do it involuntarily. So since we're an army... I want us to, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship together as an army. We're going to worship together as good sheep. And, 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 and we're going to expect God to do some awesome things. Amen. 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 All right, let's recap the message real quick. I'm out of time. What's number one? Oh, okay. I gave you two sets of numbers. <laughs> let's review these last nine. <laughs> You got your last now. Now, wait a minute now. <laughs> one in Hebrew means, okay, what's it? So there's one through nine. What's number one? Buy one, get one. Get one. Okay, so when you go to the bookstore, buy one, get one. Number two? Okay, all right, number three? Yes, if you're on social media, share. I know a lot of people aren't so, on social media, and that's fine, and that's cool. But if you are, share the post. Number four? Number five, number six, and boy, you definitely want to be here this Wednesday. Number seven, strive to be on time, mm -hmm, but don't let late keep you from coming, and don't do this. Number eight, 
Number nine, wear an armor. Would the army stand up with me, please? Hallelujah. 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 Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.